Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Delighted that you are along for the ride with us here after a very interesting Sunday in the NFL. And as Christine just said, we saved the best for last. Chiefs and Eagles tonight, we'll dive into that. It is the reason that Hembo is wearing this ridiculous shirt. Go Taylor's boyfriend's brother supporting Jason Kelsey. We actually had a good trivia question on TV today. We'll do the radio trivia coming up. But we did a good trivia question on TV today that Rex got right. So Travis and Jason Kelsey have each made at least five Pro Bowls. Who were the first pair of brothers ever to do that? And Rex was trying to decide if Bruce and Clay Matthews were brothers. And I, I think what I said was confusing. Bruce, Bruce and Clay Matthews Sr. are brothers. Bruce and Clay Matthews Jr. are uncle and nephew, and that's the one who made five Pro Bowls. Uh-huh. So, so, so the, the uncle and the nephew would have satisfied the answer. And so I just said they're not brothers, and people are now telling me you don't realize that Bruce and Clay Matthews are brothers. Of course, I know that, but that's not the brother who would have answered the question correctly. The answer was... Sterling and Shannon Sharp was and the correct answer. The, the notes that you gave me were that J.J. and T.J. Watt are the only other brothers ever to do it. Yes, there are only three such tandems. It's the Sharps, the Watts, and the Kelseys. So I think it's reasonable to say who's going to wind up retiring as the greatest pair of NFL brothers. But wait a minute. How did Peyton Manning and Eli Manning not make this? Eli, Eli did not Eli make five Pro Bowls. Four. Yeah, we looked it up earlier. I see. So Eli I got the didn't. trivia right, too. No big deal. Okay, yeah. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I was just trying to think. Since we asked. But Peyton and Eli are going to be the number one pair of if you siblings, right? Like, they're going to be the greatest football playing brothers. Is it just because they're quarterbacks? I mean, do they go ahead of Travis and Jason? I mean. Like if you're doing the heights of their respective positions. I mean, the Watts are. I mean, Eli Manning so like the, are the 50th best quarterback No, I get time. that. My point is, Shannon Sharp is a Hall of Fame tight end. Mm-hmm. Sterling would have been a Hall of Famer for sure if his career was not cut short. He was an unbelievable player who had had a neck injury that caused him to retire very young, still managed to make five Pro Bowls. How, was he 30 when he retired? I mean, so, yeah, he something like that. Very young. So he, he would have had an unbelievable career. Some people think he should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, he was that good. 29. 29 when he retired. He was that level of good. TJ and J.J. Watt, how many? I think J.J. was Defensive Player of the Year three times. Yeah. T.J. has won it once mm-hmm. and remains one of the best. They're up there, yeah. yeah. Who, 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 who tops that? And, and, and Travis and Jason. Yeah. Travis is going to wind up with the most catches of any tight end ever, and Jason, I hear people say, is the best center Yeah, ever. the Barbers also were lower on this list. Um, Tiki and Rondé? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I mean, to date, there is no brother tandem that are both in the Hall of Fame, actually. So, I mean, Eli and Peyton will, will be that, presumably, as will the Kelsey brothers. Um, Eli and Peyton are, is going to be like the most common answer to that question. But I think the Kelsey brothers are, I mean, we're talking about a top five tight end of all time conservatively and a top 10 center of all time conservatively. That's the best tandem. If you're looking at just how they did at their positions, it's the Kelsey's. I think that's right. Anyway, you'll see them both in action tonight. A reminder, you can spend time with us on this show in a lot of different ways. Uh, if you ever miss anything, we've got the podcast. Each hour is available. Hashtag Greeny. It's available every day, wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch or listen to us on the ESPN app. If you want to watch, just click watch. Look for hashtag Greeny, and that's where you'll find us. And you can always listen on Sirius 
Sirius XM Channel 80 as well. All right, let's do one question. I have only one question. Here's how it's going to work. The staff has prepared some questions for me. Hembo is going to ask it, and I am going to uh, do my best to answer, and we'll see if anyone strongly disagrees with what I say. If anyone strongly disagrees, please jump in. Yes or no? Is Aaron Rodgers going to return this season? No, he should not, and I don't believe he will. The only way that would have ever been worthwhile is if the Jets were in the race, and the Jets are definitively not in it, nor are they going to be. I will repeat once again that all of a sudden, all these people who are reporting as news that Rodgers is planning to be with the team in the beginning of December and then and then spotlighting December 24th as the day he was going to play, I have literally been saying exactly that for a month on this show. But that always the biggest factor in all of this was going to be, are the Jets in the race? And at 4-6, and six, they look hopelessly lost. They look so bad. And even if they were sort of in it, that offensive line is so patched together at this point that I would say I sincerely hope he does not try to come back. At this point, it is all about next year, and I do not believe he will. Greeny is, does anyone disagree? No, does, does anyone disagree with that? I do not disagree. You disagree? I mean, no. do you think he'll come back? I mean, I, part of me feels – I don't think he should by any means, but I think there's at least a small percentage chance that he really strongly wants to prove he can come back and be the first person to come back from this injury this season. So I do think there's that. And obviously if there's, their record is terrible, it makes absolutely no sense. But I think he wants to prove so many people wrong, the doctors, the non everyone wrong – and he would love to just come back whatever week and just get out there and say, sorry, I can do it. You can't. I agree with that, but the Jets can't let him do it. I think they, I, they should not for sure. let him do Absolutely it. Absolutely not. You, 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 you let him go out there and take a snap and hand the ball off just so we can say he did it. That's one thing. But you cannot let him put himself in harm's way. I have only one question. Will Brandon Staley be the next head coach fired? And if not, who will be? I mean, there were three coaches that I cannot fathom having their jobs next season. I mean, literally can't fathom Matt Eberflus, Brandon Staley, and Ron Rivera. Of those three, I think the one likeliest to keep his job is Staley because the Chargers just do things that don't make sense. Their ownership is extremely cheap. um, And I, I think that for whatever reason, they like him. And I think of those three, he has the best chance to somehow keep his job. I mean, when you lose a playoff game that you have a 31 nothing lead in, I, I, if they don't, I, I don't know how he survived that. Sean Payton wanted that job. He made no secret of it. They just wouldn't pay Sean what he wanted. Um, I don't think they'll pay Harbaugh what he will want. So I actually don't think he'll be the next coach fired. I don't think... The Bears have never fired a coach in season. They probably won't. I could see Washington doing it. If anyone's going to do it with new ownership and whatever, if I had to predict which one of the three would get fired first, I'd say the only one I could see being during the season would be Rivera in Washington because that has just fallen apart so badly. Um, But I think... I would imagine all three of them will be replaced after the year. I think you're right that Rivera is the likeliest midseason in part because they might want to take a flyer and see if the team looks any better with Eric, Eric the enemy. Like that could be his successor anyway. So that would be my best guess as to who's the next one to go. What do you guys think? Anything? And, and, and is there a name I'm forgetting? Is there anyone else who you think could get fired? No, I think it's those three. I think Staley could be for the same reason, though. They might want to see what they have with Kellen Moore. Hmm. The Chargers make less sense. 
But there might be more respect in the organization, even though it is new ownership for Ron Rivera, so they might want more of a clean break. So I could see him lasting the season, even though they're bad. I like that. I have only one question. Greeny, is the Browns' defense still good enough with DTR as their quarterback to get them into the playoffs? Yeah, I think probably yes. I should have prepared for this by having their schedule in front of me, and I don't. So let me very quickly pull up what they have. The AFC playoff picture is weird. Yeah. You know, the, the, the injuries, particularly to Burrow and I guess to Aaron Rodgers, have completely reshaped that. So let's see here. Broncos-Browns this Sunday at Denver. That's a big game for the playoffs for both those teams. Then the Browns, they have the Rams, Jaguars, Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals. I think the Browns have a very good chance. They're 7-3. and three. I think nine wins could get you, and I could see them winning two of those games. Their defense is so good. If I had to bet on it right now, I would bet they will make the playoffs. Yeah. Hemble, yeah, you, I, yes or no? Yes, it's because if they were to miss the playoffs, I mean, their defense would be the best unit of any team to miss it. I think DTR can fake it. They can still run the ball well. I'm actually really pleased with what I've seen from Kevin Stefanski and especially Jim Schwartz this season. In an AFC in which you're probably right, 9-8 and eight does it, I think they'll get it. By the way, can I ask a question about something? So did I see correctly that the Browns signed Joe Flacco? Yes. Wait a minute. I thought there was a rule that if your quarterback gets hurt, you're not allowed to sign someone who isn't already on your team until you wait a month. Yeah, you have to wait a month, and then when you sign someone, you can't play that person either. Right. Um, and then you have to wait actually two more months to switch the starting quarterback at all, and you have to put in a guy who has almost no NFL experience when right. you do so. I missed all of that. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't New know New rules. How- yeah, I, I didn't know you were allowed to do that. You sat here last year and complained about Joe Flacco a lot, though. Would you want him to be the Jets quarterback? No, I would want Trevor Simeon to be the Jets quarterback. Or Josh Dobbs. I would have wanted Josh. I would have given any. Flacco, to Josh I would take Dobbs. Flacco over Zach Wilson. You take Flacco over Zach Wilson? Right I don't now? Know. Uh-huh. Yes, they chose Flacco over Zach Wilson the last game of last season. Joe Flacco literally cannot move. Have you seen Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson, I've seen him. Zach Wilson <laughs> fell him. down walking. <laughs> hey, at, least, at least he was moving. <laughs> and he fell down. Listen to how sad this argument is. Yeah. Like, we're literally brutal. debating whether you would at this point rather have Joe Flacco, who was immobile when he was 20 and is now 60, or Zach Wilson, who was the second pick in the draft three years ago. Now that the Giants have uh, Tommy slinging it for them, the Jets should call Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He would probably be. Better. I have only one question. Greeny, are the Bengals just finished without Joe Burrow for the oh, rest of the season? Yes, of course. Uh, their backup is Jake Browning. Yeah. Um, but they were, they were in some danger of being finished with Joe Burrow. Like, I, I, I thought five and five and heading in the direction they were heading and all those losses they have in the division and the conference, you know, it was going to take Burrow being brilliant to dig them out of that hole. I, I, don't, I don't think they have almost any chance of making the playoffs. Do you? Uh, no, I don't think so. I will say this. Don't be surprised if Jake Browning plays well or at least plays better than we expect a backup quarterback to play. He was excellent in college. He can really hum it, but I could not predict that they'll make the playoffs given where they are now and given the fact that the differential between he and Joe Burrow is obviously like, massive. Totally. So they have the Steelers this weekend in Cincinnati. It's winnable. At Jacksonville. Then home Colts, home Vikings, at Steelers at Chiefs in what 
is probably an important game for the Chiefs, and they finish against the Browns. No, the answer is no. Mm. I don't think that the Bengals get in. They have too many pieces, too many teams to climb, and they just haven't been that good this year. Like, every now and again, something doesn't work for a team, and, and, and this year it probably can all be traced to the injuries to Burrow, the first one to the calf, and now this one, which is devastating. Um, but no, I, the, the answer to your question is actually yes, they are finished, Without Joe Burrow. I have only one question. All right, after that 49ers win yesterday and that Seattle lost, are you ready to declare the NFC West race officially over? Uh, it was over anyway. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to say that race had already ended. Um, I don't care what the standings say. The Seahawks are merely okay, and the 49ers are excellent. They went through a little brief flurry there where they didn't look like themselves. I think we showed that. Uh, just how important uh, Debo Samuel is to them. But barring an injury to one of the most important people, um, I think that they are right there in the NFC. I I think there are four teams right now I could see winning the NFC. I'm including the Cowboys. If you told me right now I have to make a list of every team I could see winding up in the Super Bowl this year from the NFC, I would have to include the Cowboys. And I would include the Lions. I don't expect it. But I would not be willing to risk, you know, my house by keeping them off the list. And then the 49ers and the Eagles. And in fact, if you made me pick one right now, I would pick San Francisco. Okay, so, so San Francisco is one for you. Rank two, three, and four for me. I think probably the Eagles are two. Although, see, th- it's funny. I think a lot of this is going to come down to how the bracket shapes up. I think if the Cowboys can get to the Super Bowl without having to play the 49ers, they have a real chance. I think Cowboys-Eagles is a toss-up. We saw it their first game, and I think it'll be exactly the same way in three weeks. That is a game that either team can win. It's going to come down, as that game did, to literally inches. It's going to come down to someone being one inch short of the goal line, someone stepping out of bounds by an inch. That's what decided that game. I think that will decide a Cowboys-Eagles playoff game. The Cowboys can't beat San Francisco. They can't. They can't play with them for whatever reason. The style does not make that fight work for them. So if they can, if if the way the bracket falls, they have a path that gets them mm-hmm. there without going through San Francisco, I like their chances. I think that you have that right. And I think the team that needs home field advantage the most is Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, I totally agree. Because, I mean, they're just a different team when they're not playing in a dome. And if we're going to say that they're the fourth best team, like actually, then they just need to buy so much worse and they'll only have to beat one of those teams instead of two of them and potentially on the road for both. It could be a huge swing if they get home field advantage. All right, radio trivia time. With a win tonight, Andy Reid will pass which Chiefs coach for the most wins in the history of the franchise? Oh, I like that question. All right, the answer's next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny. The Earlier on Greeny. We could break down the number of different Muppets that Hembo <laughs> looks like. Because his hair looks like one, and the shirts look like another, and then none of them would wear those boots. And I wondered how your wife Lizzie, how she would react to this. Hembo, she was mortified. She described my outfit, guys, as, quote, Divorceable. This is Greeny. <laughs> uh, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, and Hembo has outdone himself today. He's wearing a T-shirt as an Eagles fan that says, Go Taylor's Boyfriend's Brother, supporting Jason Kelsey. The I will say this, no center has ever gotten as much love as Jason Kelsey <laughs> does. Right? And he's a great player, and he's a fun personality, so I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. No, his uh, wardrobe continues to be the stuff of legend and in only the worst possible way. But his questions are pretty good. Wow. Okay. And how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right. Chiefs and Eagles tonight. Today's question is... Andy Reid has 124 regular season wins, which is tied with whom for the most by any coach in Chiefs history? As an aside, is he the winningest coach in Eagles history? He is. So is there anyone else who was the winningest coach for two different franchises? There is not. I checked that this morning, actually. He will become the first with a win tonight. That's, that's a heck of a thing. Yeah. Particularly Pretty when you impressive. consider the Eagles have been around for a century. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs go back to the origination of the AFL, which is 1960. So these are both franchises that have been around a really long time. That's incredible. So, guys, it has to be one of two people, and I don't know which one it is. I'm going with Stram. All right, it, 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 it's either Hank Stram or Marty Schottenheimer, so that's one vote for Stram. Go ahead, Bubba. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Marty from my youth. I'm going Marty. Yeah, it, 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 I feel like Marty was there a long time. He was in, I think of Marty more in Cleveland than I think of him in Kansas City. But he was in Kansas City a long time. And they were pretty good. They had a lot of. They were good. They kept. A lot of success. They kept going to the AFC Championship game and losing. Um, and Stram, of course, I don't know. I don't know if. Here's what I don't know because it's before my time. Was Stram like the original coach of the Chiefs? He was there for both of their Super Bowl appearances. Um, but when did he start being their coach? I, I don't know if they had someone before they got him. I'm going to say Schottenheimer. Go ahead. Hembo. As does Brandon. Brandon also says So we got three Martys and a Stram? Okay. The, the correct answer is Hank Stram. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cam again. Every time with this Cam guy. again. Let's go. Cam's Don't record has got to be unreal. It's like 500. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time it's me and then everyone else. What, 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 what is the scores now? I am 14 and 22. Bubba is 10 and 26. You are 8 and 28. Brandon is three and twelve. I think I've gotten three or four in a row, right? Mm. Unbelievable! You missed one. Yeah, you missed one. What? You missed a name on the scoreboard, Cam. Oh, 
Mark Cuban's own one. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, how could you for forget that? that? That's the most important it's the one. The only reason we Sorry. do this. The it's, whole reason we keep track is because it's funny that Mark Cuban remains own one. And I forget it half the time. I know. Well, we need him to come back and ask. An, so, uh, again, Andy Reid, 124 wins. Hank Stram, 124 wins. Marty Schottenheimer, 101 wins. Oh, so not even that close. So, um, Reid, here's just another aside now that you just sidetracked me into. If Andy Reid... No, not if. When Andy Reid, whether it's tonight or sometime soon, becomes the winningest coach in the history of both the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. He took the Eagles to a Super Bowl. He's taken the Chiefs to three and won two of them. Like, at what point are we going to start asking the question, where do Andy Reid's credentials put him on the list of the greatest head coaches in NFL history? Who is that list now? If we were to do a a, a Mount Rushmore of greatest coaches in NFL history— Belichick is on it. Got to be. Uh, Lombardi is on it. Got to be. I think those are the two locks. Now, who are the other ones? Is it? I'm just going to th- rattle off a bunch of names. If, if you look at just the wins, you would look at Chuck Knoll. You would look at um, uh, Don Shula. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the name Tom Landry should be spoken aloud here. They didn't have the longevity that some others did. I would put Bill Walsh up there now if we're going to go back well into history i think we would have to include the name paul brown yeah um paul brown's the only coach to win seven championships but some of those were in the aafc and and his his uh coaching tree was ridiculous Ridiculous. which included landry um i mean george hallis is obviously up there but he coached for 40 years 60 years yeah Mm -hmm. i mean uh, um yeah he legitimately coached them for 40 i mean i loved parcells but his accomplishments don't put him in this top four. Like, does Reed make the top four? I don't think so. <sighs> I mean, it, who's the top four, Cam? I think Landry and Shuler are probably, they're just bigger, more, they're, they're more titans of the game. I'm, I'm looking at it more for, like, a historical perspective. I think Andy's accomplishments are up there with anyone, but it just doesn't feel like he should be on the Mount Rushmore. And here's what you're like. learning. Yeah. And this is going to continue as you get older. I sure. mean this seriously. I don't mean this as condescendingly as it's going to sound. When you're young, it is impossible to fathom that anything you're seeing is great as the things you've read about. Like the things you've read in record books. They have to like put it out of reach. Tom Brady had to win seven Super Bowls to be greater than Joe Montana. Joe Montana had to do X, Y, and Z to be greater than John Unitas. Like history, it's always very difficult, I think, at least for me, to put what I'm seeing into historical perspective. But if you were to just wake up 30 years from now and look at what Reed did, why would he not belong on this list? Well, here's the thing, too. Like, Reed is, he's 46 wins away from 300. He's already fourth on the all-time list. He's 65 years old. And so that Patrick list is Shula, Belichick, Hallis. And Reed is fourth. And then Reed. Already fourth. It's not He's how up, old? 65. And Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback, which keeps him pretty young. That's the thing. That, like, that's also why is the big difference, though. Yeah, right. But what I'm saying is. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but there's a, there's a big difference between his Eagles tenure and his Chiefs tenure. And that's why it's hard for Cam and I to see, Bubba, and like you're yeah, saying. Yeah, but, but no, 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 no. Hold on. I'm pushing back hard on that. So, are, are we all sitting here saying Patrick Mahomes would definitively be Patrick Mahomes if Andy Reid wasn't his coach? No way, and he wouldn't be without Kelsey. Are we either, saying but... Bill Belichick? No, would, I'm not. I'm isn't not saying... where he is because Tom Brady was his quarterback. I mean, I don't think we can diminish Reid for that. I'm not Bubba. diminish. I'm not saying he's the, the bad. That's why. That's why I personally have always said Bill Parcells is a better coach than Belichick because 
Parcells didn't. He went. He did it at four different teams. And he made each team better, and he didn't have the players at Belichick. That Belichick is obviously unbelievable, and so is Reed. But when Reed has the uh, the best players, the best player essentially of all time, he he's doing unprecedented hmm. things. But there is also something it's to a, making a, that player. Yeah, the it's best not, player it's not of a knock time, on Reed, sure. but he's also the winningest coach in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, who have yeah. had some pretty great coaches well, like they, Dick the Eagles fans hate him. What's that? No, no, they don't. The Eagles fans did hate him, I mean, or at least they didn't appreciate him nearly enough. I and they kept at- holding him up to Buddy Ryan, and as I sat there all the time and got booed in Philadelphia, Mike and Mike would go to Philadelphia, and Andy would bring us cheesesteaks, and we loved him, and people would boo him, yeah, they and they want would to talk about Buddy Ryan. You know how many playoff games Buddy Ryan won in Philadelphia? None. The zero. answer is zero. Yeah. Zero. I don't. Andy th- Reid won mul- tons of play. How many playoff games did he win in Philadelphia? He won. He won ten. Ten playoff games and went to a Super Bowl. He's the best coach in Eagles history. He's the best coach in Chiefs history. No doubt. I, I don't. Who else is that? Forget the number of wins. Who else is the best coach in two teams' history? Hmm. Is but it? Is I it, could look that up by winning percentage, actually, because. Well, the guys who've had big time runs in multiple places aren't that many. I mean, Tom Coughlin is not is not the greatest coach in Giants history. Um, I mean, there's definitely nobody who is the greatest coach for both, aside from Reed. I don't think is Dan Reeves the greatest coach in Broncos and Falcons history. I mean, he's not a greater coach than Mike Shanahan. Yeah, not Mike Shanahan. Yeah. Probably not. No, I guess not. I don't know. I I, I don't think that's a, a, an easy statement to make, but let's. Put it aside, it's not worth getting into. Most of the great ones are great ones because they only go to one place. Now, most of them don't get fired. Don Shula is the greatest coach in the history of the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Is he the great? How long was he the coach of the Colts? I, I don't even really know that. I mean, they're, they're, I'll pull up that list. But they I mean, lost I, Super Bowl three. Yeah, but. I mean, I imagine it's going to be hard to put him over Tony Dungy. So Don Shula is third in the history of the of the Colts. Colts wins. Yeah, and uh, yes. So he's not. He's, I mean, he's just they, not. they won the championship. Mike McCarthy, Cowboys Packers. <laughs> <laughs> Is Mike McCarthy a top five coach in Cowboys history? And they've had seven. <laughs> I mean, he's certainly not top. Oh, by the way, while we're digressing, what the hell? How great is that for Jimmy Johnson? Finally. Oh, yeah. Finally. I mean, I am so glad. And I know that. I, I hate that Jerry accidentally said 1923 because it so just sort of took so much away from the beauty of the moment. But that is such a great moment to see those two. I remember I, the first Super Bowl I ever covered, the first two Super Bowls I ever covered were the two Super Bowls that Jimmy won in Dallas, Buffalo, both years. And he was such an enormous personality. And Jerry was everywhere. That was when Jerry was still a brand new young owner. He wasn't nearly the legend that he has become. I remember I was a kid reporter running around Pasadena, California that first year. And Jerry Jones was everywhere you looked. And they were both so fascinating. And that team was so brash and so good. Um, you know, and, and, and Jimmy Johnson has an ego the size of Mount Rushmore. And and Jerry Jones has an ego the size of Mount Everest. And I guess that just wasn't ever destined to work. But what they put together in that incredibly short time is one of the greatest teams in the history of pro football. And I was delighted for both of them, but particularly for Jimmy yesterday to see that hatchet get buried. Yeah. Do you have any idea what 
caused it though? Like what? Like not not just like why it took so yes, long. Jerry but why wanted now? to be in there. What's caused it is everything we've seen from Jerry Jones for the last thirty years. That he's like, I need to make all these decisions. No, why and Jerry now? Is like, what the hell are you talking about? Why now is my question. Why now for Jimmy Johnson? Oh, oh, that I don't know. I mean, I, I guess. Just it's time, right? I mean, is Jerry at a place in his life? Look, I've never turned 80. I don't know what that's like, but maybe you do get to a place in your life where you think to yourself, you know, I'm not going to live forever and I need to settle. You know, there are some things that that should be settled before it's too late. And and this is one. I I, I don't have a better explanation than that. I, did anyone, Bubba, you're the Cowboy fan. Did he say anything further about it? He'll be on the radio tomorrow, so I'm sure they'll ask him about it. Did he say anything more about it than that? Yeah, no, I, I'm just trying. I haven't heard specifically. I'm just looking up now. I think just that their relationship, I think, has just gotten better over the years, I think. Um, so that's the only thing I can kind of point to. I think um, it was bad for a while, and I think it's just gotten better. And, yeah, with age, I think it's just probably time. So, I mean, it made no but sense. Jimmy's got to be close to – how old is Jimmy? He's also 80. Is he 80? Okay, I was going to say he's got to be close to 80. He is 80. All right, so uh, anyway, we're, we're jumping around all over the place here. But I guess – to go back to the original point, like Andy Reid could make a pretty good argument to be on the Mount Rushmore of NFL coaches. Yeah, and it would not surprise me if, when it's all said and done, he has won more games than any of them. Like, I wouldn't be. Would you be surprised if Andy Reid coached the Chiefs for ten more years? Well, so he's got a young Mahomes, and he doesn't have Belichick's personality, which is to say, Bill, all-time great coach. Somehow he and Brady managed to make it work for twenty years. But Brady wanted to end his career somewhere else. I don't know that Mahomes and Reed, I mean, they do commercials together and they have fun. And Andy, anyone who knows him, and I know him a little, not we're not like close friends, but I mean, I've been around him many times. He's just as easy, fun, nice a guy as he appears. So I think they have a great relationship. So yes, I, let's. how many years, how far behind Shula is he now? Because Belichick's not going to get there. I'll pull up the list again. Because I think Belichick would have to go coach somewhere else. Belichick's twenty eight shy. So Belichick has. Th- I'm just looking at the regular seasons list here. Okay. Uh, Belichick has three hundred, Hallis has three eighteen, and Shula has three twenty eight. Andy Reid's at two fifty four. So the way we count these things is regular season wins. Well, th- there are going to be two lists. They're going to be the regular season list and then the combined list. But that obviously skews and helps the more modern coaches. But right now, Andy is seventy four regular season wins behind Don Shula. So that would require, if they remain great, seven years. It's not that long. No, it's not that long. Not that long. He, he would be about the age then that Belichick is now. Mm-hmm. He could do it. He could do it. And, and, and I think the fact that what he did in Philadelphia has to play hugely into it. I mean, Belichick's other coaching stop was not a success. Um, who else are we talking about? Lombardi briefly coached the Washington at the end, but not, not memorably. Um, who else is in this discussion? Hallis never coached anybody else. Shula had the two teams. Mm-hmm. Landry never coached anybody else. The great coaches, look, I mean, Chuck Knoll never coached anybody else. So there you go. All right, I think it's, I think it's an interesting little conversation. Are you still uh, looking for amazing gifts? At Total Wine & More, you will find gifts for everyone on your list. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More, spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, be 21. I like it when we sort of get sidetracked into those kind of conversations because I feel like 
that's just what sports fans do. We sit there and the digression becomes another digression, becomes another digression. Bubba, you wanted to make a point about a division. Yeah, well, you just said the NFC West. Is it over? And I'm going to say no because the 49ers' next three games are at Seahawks. Win. At Eagles. Win. Versus Seahawks. Win. So if you're saying they're going to go 3-0 on that, then yes, I guess it's over. But I'm not ready to say that. I think Seattle can get right back into this pretty quickly, especially if 49ers lose. Let's make a little side wager. Let's put the Eagles game aside. I have no idea who will win that game. That, that game is a toss-up. But I, I will right now predict that the 49ers beat the Seahawks in both of those games comfortably. Mm. Anyone else? Well, I'm, by comfortably, I mean I will comfortably make that prediction. They play each other twice in three weeks. I'm going to predict that they win both of those games. Anyone disagree? No, I, I think don't. the Seahawks are going to win one of them. You do? Yeah. They they always play each other tough. The Seahawks are always tough to play on the road. I mean, they're not, you know, they've had bad games, but they're one game behind the 49ers. I think the 49ers will win the division, but I don't think it's inconceivable that the Seahawks steal a game here in a tough, you know, divisional battle in one of these two games. It's inconceivable. I'm I, not conceiving of it. Okay. By the way, Gino, I refuse to conceive it. Geno Smith has regressed a lot right. year over year. I mean, we I'm still kind of remembering him for the player he was last year. He is definitively not. Geno Smith is considerably worse, and the 49ers are as good, at least when they're healthy, as any team in the sport. I think they're going to sweep him. I think they're going to sweep him. Me too, and I think they're going to go on and win it. I think if I had to pick the NFC right now, if the NFC – was we were doing the rankings just exclusively based on how confident I am in this team to get to the Super Bowl because that's all that really matters. I would go Niners 1, Eagles 2, Cowboys 3, and Lions 4, with the caveat being that if if I knew the Cowboys didn't have to play the Niners, I would put them 1. But I'm so convinced Mm. that they can't beat the Niners that that's like their roadblock. That, 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 That is the one place I can't see them winning no matter what else happens. I think the Cowboys probably need the home field advantage and the bye more than the Eagles do. Well, they can get it, right? I mean, th- th- that's, oh, yeah. that's there for the offing. The, the Eagles play a highly losable game tonight. Mm-hmm. And then, as we just pointed out, they play a highly losable game against the 49ers before the Cowboys and Eagles meet again. Mm-hmm. So those teams could have the same record or be separated by just one game when they meet, which would mean Dallas could tie them. But we should make note that Dallas goes Philly, Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit. Weeks 14 through 17. So they could potentially tie the Eagles and then lose that ground based upon... Like, their schedule, their gauntlet hits after the Eagles does, I guess is what I'm saying. Fair enough. Okay, lots of business left to take care of today, including asking the big questions about backup quarterbacks. We've got a firing that someone else is looking forward to and a kiss of death. All that on the way. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Inconceivable. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Let's do a Monday Night Football preview. 
which is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. All right, I'm looking at Chiefs minus two and a half. That's the line you got. Um, the Eagles are a dollar twenty-five underdog on the money line. If you think the Eagles can win this game outright, the total is forty-five and a half. Dan Orlovsky has said he thinks this is a low-scoring game. If you're so inclined to play that, I'll give you one more prop that I like before mm-hmm. turning it back over to you. The Eagles are going to run the ball more than twenty-seven and a half times, which is the over/under on the ESPN Bet app. They average thirty-two a game. The Chiefs rank thirty-first. In the NFL and run stop, the Eagles are going to run the ball 30-plus times tonight. By the way, I will have another special. Just keep an eye on my Twitter all day today, at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, or X, and we will have another Seeing Green special for the ESPN Bet app for tonight's game. Uh, they're sending it to me as we speak, so I'll have the information on that up shortly. I like Kansas City tonight for absolutely no reason. How are our picks this weekend, by the way, Bubba? Another bad week, uh, one and two. Last week, I think it was owed. Oh, Two and one. Hey, we got a win. This week was uh, one, one and two. And two. We got, so we got I, I think next time, Cam and I have to start. Because last last two times, Hembo's been making the picks. I think you got to go to us next time. Because we, we just got to keep trying something new. Hembo's fired. We need it? a third party. Yeah, that's pretty much what we need to do. We need to bring in an outside firm to make our picks. Because they're just the, that um, bad. We had the Cardinals at plus the four and a half. It ended at it was a, they lost by five points. They had a lot of chances to get there. And I got the game actually at five and a half. So I made money on that game even though the show lost. Well, that's so not helping doesn't us. doesn't really help you. That's not helping us at Just all. Just so you know. Good for you. One way or another, I like Kansas City tonight for absolutely no reason. I could easily see this one going in both directions. By the way, we have talked a lot here about the Michigan stuff. And they won a close game over the weekend. Very questionable, intentional grounding call at the end of that game on, on Tua Tungavailoa's brother. Uh, 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 Tylea, am I saying it right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't mean that d- dismissively. No, I, I just couldn't remember his first name in the moment. Um, I thought that was a terrible Me call. Bubba and Cam, did you see that game? I How was that grounding? I did not see the game. It was Bubba? Not, it, was not, it was not explained well. I did not see it either, but sound sounds terrible. <laughs> Bubba. Uh, it was a terrible call, one way or another. <laughs> Um, so Michigan held on, though, and they won leading up to the huge game against Ohio State this week. And Pete Thamel was on Pat McAfee's show on Friday talking about what is still to come. It is going to be a lot. Really, for the NCAA, it's just the beginning. Oh! Well, they're probably one-tenth of the way through the timeline of their investigation. And the, the key phrase for Jim Harbaugh going forward is going to be head coach responsibility. Got now, it. he already has head coach responsibility from the unethical conduct charge in the uh, NCAA COVID dead period recruiting investigation. So now that charge, because that process hasn't flowed out yet, he will, there will be an additional, likely, if the evidence goes where we think it will, an additional charge that could lead to a bigger suspension if he's still Michigan's coach next year. So it... The future of Jim Harbaugh is really a fascinating subplot to this because they are in the thicket of multiple significant NCAA investigations. Listen, I mean, I, that's it's a very good answer from a very responsible reporter. We can be much less responsible. Jim Harbaugh is gone. There's no way in the world he's coming back. If all the thing, if if a third of the things that you're hearing are true, and by you I mean everyone, like this, and and if you were following social media and following the story over the weekend, you know where it's headed. You know where it's leading. And uh, Jim Harbaugh will be an NFL head coach next year. I I will be 1,000% shocked if that is not the case. I said it earlier on Get Up Today. If I were the Bears, I would not have left the state of Michigan without him. I would have had, while that game was going on, I would have had someone in an Uber 
on their way over to Ann Arbor, and I would have met Harbaugh there at, at you know the Brown Jug or someplace like that in Ann Arbor and said, come on, you're coming back to Chicago with me right now. The most you have left is three games. If his team wins this weekend, he'll, then, then they'll have the Big Ten uh, championship game, and then if they win that, they'll be in the playoff, and if they win the first one of those, they'll win the championship. So obviously, I'm kidding. He's going to try and stick around and win the championship. But beyond that, starting January 9th, I will be stunned if he is still there. Think about what Pete Hamill just said. He said the NCAA is 10% of the way through their investigation. Think about all the things that we already know. That's 10%. I mean, Pete's hearing a lot of the same things that I am. We know that this team just fired its linebackers coach from one of the best defenses in the country midseason. For what? Performance? There was no explanation provided. Like, there's just an impossible amount of smoke here. And I've got Michigan fans all up in my mentions, and I understand why. But this thing is going to come to a head. I don't know when, but like, enjoy it while it lasts, because it's not going to uh, last It's going to be long. after January 7th, so he can stay that long, and then he's got to go. I think that's the championship game, or the 8th. Whatever day the game is, that's going to be his last day, and that's going to be the end of that. He can be in whatever mentions you want to be in. Here's all you need to know. The university was fighting back like crazy to Tony Petiti in the Big Ten. This is an outrage. You can't do this to us. We'll sue. We're going to court. The state legislators are sending letters. And then Tony Petiti showed them one thing, and they said, on second thought, no, we won't, and I'm firing the linebacker's coach. (laughs) Those things happened, like, literally exactly like that. That is, for all intents and purposes, an admission of guilt. Yeah. There's nothing else. Listen, folks, I get it. You love your school, you love your program, you love Jim, I love Jim. Don't make any difference. I have no idea what he knew and didn't know. Apparently no proof has been given to the Big Ten that Harbaugh knew, and he's going to be gone long before this thing comes down. If there's one thing working in your favor if you're Michigan, it is that it takes the NCAA forever to finish these investigations. I mean, <coughs> I mean the Big Ten literally went from, I mean, excuse me, the Michigan literally went from like, we're leaving the Big Ten to... We're good with three games. Right. It's like a day. Please forget the rest of this. No, no, no. Look, here's what you need to know. That the NCAA is 10% of the way into its investigation. But what they have was already enough for the commissioner of the Big Ten, who the last thing on planet Earth he wants to do is suspend the coach of Michigan, to do so. People acting like Tony Petiti has it in for Michigan. That's You want to talk about seeing the world through maize and blue colored glasses. <laughs> that's insane. That's the last thing in the world he has. He has the, the idea that he wants bad things to happen to Michigan is the dumbest thing I've ever heard anyone suggest. That is the direct diametric opposite of what he wants. So he was given information that made it impossible for him not to do what he did. And according to Pete Thamel, who's as good a reporter as there is in anything, that's 10% of what the NCAA has or is going to have. You also did that whole spiel without once mentioning the FBI, which is also investigating Michigan. And from what we know, from what they have said, their investigation has nothing to do with Connor Stallions. Like, if you're just going to stack up all these things on top of each other, just use your common sense. This thing is so far from over, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, over? <laughs> I mean, it, it, the only thing that's over is the tenure of the coach. He's going to go to the NFL. He will just sail scot-free into that, just like uh, Pete Carroll did. That being said, I'm not sure that I've ever been more excited about an Ohio State-Michigan game than I am this year. Yeah. I that mean, thing we, is going to be electric. Yes, we've said that many times, and yet it has now added this extra layer that no one could have foreseen. 
It's always a monster game, and they've played each other unbeaten multiple times. Were they both unbeaten last year? Mm-hmm. Ohio State didn't have another lo- No, because they no. still got in anyway. They did. Um, and uh, No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Th- th- that, that sets up to be the most interesting college football game of the year by far. And it must have just killed Jim to have to sit there watching on his TV to see everyone standing there in front of the sign that says 1,000 yeah. for a program he just loves that much. To have missed out on that, I'm sure that really will stick with him. I know. And, and the view of one of the zeros was obscured by Connor Stallions, who was just standing there blocking it. <laughs> uh, we'll see you tomorrow, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.